Hey y'all, welcome to Let's Talk Life XL on Mix Talk Radio, where we talk about life as it is. Today in the studio, William Matthews and I get into the Living Your Best Life series, Optimism. Let's talk y'all. William Matthews, the modern day renaissance man, that's me. Oh, I love that modern day renaissance man. I have to say that I just love it. I love the title and I say, oh, I love this. Because there is so much that is, uh, you know, embedded within that. Let's unpack that. Tell us, how do you define Renaissance man? Uh, well, to me, a Renaissance man is someone who has interests in several different endeavors. Uh, a little bit about me. My background is in nonprofit management and fundraising, as well as community development. But then I'm big into real estate investments, also public speaking, and I have written uh, three books. And so I think when people say, well, what do you do? Who are you? And I just say the best analogy for me is, for one, you can't put me in a box. And secondly, I'm a modern day renaissance man. That's kind of like the best analogy elevator pitch I give. I love it. Now, I always leave the topics up to the guests because I feel like that's when you really get the good that the guests have to offer. What came to mind when you ran across the topic optimism? Hopeful, hopeful. And I think everyone is striving for that in 2021. I think we all deserve a badge of honor for making it through 2020, uh, you know, because so many people didn't. And just with trying times. And I think it's really important to try to look at the glass as half full, still be a realist person and, you know, recognize realness and, and living in reality, but I think that you have to remain a sense of hope. Yes, you do. Hopefulness is the key. It is one of the key indicators of, you know, will you have a good amount of optimism? Because you cannot pull optimism from an empty vat. You know, you have to feel your soul and your spirit and your mind with things that actually move you forward. And optimism is a great fuel for success. Now, how we define success, right? It, that Now, that definition will vary depending on who you talk to. Yeah, you know, yeah, success for somebody is, you know, I get to stay at home all day with my kids. That's success. Mm-hmm. Or I get to retire at 30 versus mm-hmm. 57. You know, I love to meet that person. But now experience is also the key. I think life gives us a lot of opportunities to test how well we fall back on a mindset of being optimistic. So what skill have you gained from just really having to fall back on optimism? How much time do you have? I think just as you mentioned, a lot of it comes with evolution, uh, with growth and you experiencing different things in your world and in your life. And you just you kind of get better with dealing with stuff. And I know that's definitely happened for me. I also think it's really important to surround yourself with optimistic and and hopeful people. I use, you say optimistic, I kind of use hopeful, same thing. But I think that that's really important to surround yourself with those people because we're all going to have moments where we are not feeling optimistic or hopeful. And that's when it's really important for your village to come around you. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, we'll give you 24 hours to have a little pity party, but you got to shake this off because you don't want that 24 hours to turn into, you know, 48 and 72. So I think it's important to give yourself grace uh those moments that you do feel a little like oh you know life sucks now, today really sucks that's okay give yourself grace and also it's really important to surround yourself with really hopeful 
positive people that are doing some amazing things in your life, people that you strive to want to be like. I think that I call them my board of directors. And I think that those are people that really hold me accountable and also help me continue to look at the glasses half full. Now, you said something that I feel is key. Our circle is so important. When you think about a circle, a circle encompasses everything within it. So if I am inside of this circle, then what am I surrounding myself with? And if if I had to unpack that, that's in my brain. That's how I envision the people who are in my life. They're literally surrounding me on all sides. So if I have someone in the front, someone that's walking side by side, somebody behind me to push me forward, then I need to make sure those people are in the right positions because sometimes you can have a good circle, but people playing the wrong roles in your life. Some people need to be in the back. Because their their goal is to really push you forward. And I'm not saying like in the back. I'm just saying behind you. Because you, right, if right, you right. really pay attention to the people in your life, everybody has a skill set. Everybody is naturally designed with a purpose. Right. I have some friends that will tell me the truth. Yeah, These are the people, sense. right? These are the people that I put in front because they clear paths for me. I have to go down a path of truthfulness. I cannot lie to myself. I can, but I'm not going to believe it because my behavior is going, right? You only, your behavior tells you exactly what you believe. And yeah. most of us don't really believe the lies we tell each other because our behavior doesn't match the lie. So those type of people I put in front because they clear a path. Mm-hmm. They set the path of truthfulness for me. And that's what I need. I need somebody to be like, girl, no, that ain't for you. Yeah, it is important. I, I say, I always tell people, primarily to my mentees and, and speaking engagements that I have, or just in general, that you don't want to surround yourself with a whole bunch of yes people because you can't grow and prosper from that. And then also, uh, you just you need that real person that can be real with you, one hundred, you know, and not just yes people. And I think so many people fall into traps. Primarily, I, I think of a lot of uh, entertainers and celebrities because you know they have these entourages where you got twenty people on payroll. Well, of course, all of them gonna tell you what you want to hear, and they're just gonna be your yes people. And that's how you see so many men and women in the entertainment field falling into you know drugs and alcohol and all type of substance abuse and issues just because they're surrounded by yes people. So I think no matter where I'm going in life, um, just as we look at success is a, it's a vague word depending on how you want to look at it. But no matter where I'm going in life, I want to stay grounded, stay humble. I believe that manners will open doors that money can't. And then I also want to surround, be surrounded by people that really hold me accountable accountability partners, those not yes people. So even if I do have five or seven people on payroll, got to tell you, I hope by good three of them will be people that have been knowing me for a really long time and they don't care how much money they're getting paid to be around me. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I really need that. And I think those have been things for me that have allowed me to have a sense of success in my personal and professional career or life rather. I agree. And I have friends who are fired up. They get fired up. When I get fired up, those are the people I put behind me because those are the people that push me forward. They're like hyping me up. And we're not talking about just hype. Like you say, yes, people. We're not talking about yes, men. We're not talking about a yes entourage. We're talking about people who are genuinely happy for you. And that will also determine the levels of optimism we reach to is do you have people that are, 
constantly withdrawing from your vat of optimism because they are just tainting the waters with negativity. They're putting in their... Um, some of their own fears for you. And I always tell people just because someone is maybe kind of bumming you out, not everybody comes to bum you out because they, they're a hater or they don't support you. Some people just project fears because they don't want you to fail. Like they actually really love you and want you to be successful, but they are afraid of failure. Either they failed in that particular area, whether it's marriage or dating success or a business opportunity, or even just being their most authentic selves in a, in a room, in a regular conversation with one other person. We have to think about the different levels here. There are some people that put themselves out there and got rejected and stopped right there. Absolutely. And there's probably some people in your family and friend circles that you know that are that way. So I always tell people it's important also to take a friendship inventory. You are promoting, you are terminating, and you are, you're shifting certain relationships. And that's important. And that's something that's beautiful. I'm so thankful that I learned that about 10 years ago, the fact that everyone can't ride with you into the next year, to the next month, or to the next decade. And it doesn't mean that you don't wish them well it's just our time has served its purpose i do believe friendships and acquaintances have expiration dates this is something that i had to learn i'm gonna be honest because some of us have just have big hearts and i was you know telling a client the other day it's okay to have a big heart but it's it's also another thing to function in business solely from a big heart perspective you know your skill set has value your advice has value that's why they're coming to you Now, you know, whatever your prices are, make them your prices. And some people will start in the beginning with you. They will, maybe you start a relationship or you get married or you start that business and they support you. But I've learned that if you really want to see if somebody's going to build with you, give them a shovel because it takes hard work to dig out a foundation. Whenever they build a house, what they do, they have to level the ground. See if they're going to help you really get, you know, build this thing from the ground up. Because a lot of us get really excited, like, yeah, this person going to be on the team and they're going to help me build up. You know, it's just me and them. But understand that there are seasons even to building. Maybe somebody is just good to help you with the blueprint of things. Then you get somebody that's going to get the shovel and help you with the construction. They're going to build it with you. Then you may have another season where they help you promote it. Say, girl, well, I can't buy it, but I can tell my, my girlfriend about it. Those same people will be your customers or your clients. So it's it's all about, like you said earlier, evolution. Mm-hmm. You're continuously in a state of change mm-hmm. and you can either adapt to it or resist it. When it comes to accepting reality so that you can stay in a hopeful place, because maybe somebody's listening that's listening, their, their season is, let's just mm-hmm. call it what it is. It's just, it's just bad. How would you encourage them to say, you know what, it's okay to accept this reality, but here's how you apply your optimism to see the change you want to see? Well, for me, again, taking it back to that village, I'm I'm an advocate for the power of prayer and whether it's prayer for you or meditation, journaling has been very therapeutic and cathartic for me. I um, always tell people that I have a personal trainer that helps me work on my body to help me get goals that I want to accomplish physically. But then I also have a licensed therapist that helps me mentally. 
I like to do the work in the gym, but I also like to do the mind work. And I think that that's really important. So those moments that I'm kind of feeling defeated or having those rough seasons, which I think we all experienced that last year, that's when I use those tools. I pull those tools out of my toolbox and that's what really helps me to get through it. So as I tell people, I think you got to find the common ground for you of what works, uh, something that doesn't harm you and tries to, to, to make you process what you're going through, whether it's talking to someone or taking a walk or doing some journaling or writing or working in the yard or garden, whatever it is, I think everyone has something. It could be the simplest things of just going to the park, watching the birds or the squirrels play, just that calm, especially if you're in a household that's surrounded by noise and people, that quiet time, you kind of take that, you don't, you don't take that for granted. So it could be a simple thing as going to a park or just walking around in the neighborhood and just listening to the quietness. I, um, my, my mentee, one of my mentees, he has, he's in a house full and he says the quietest time at the house is used around midnight. So that's when he does some of his best thinking, his best work. I think that you kind of have to find that zone that you can go into to really pull from when you're having those moments. And so for me, is again, I'm fortunate that it, it is with therapy, but also when I'm kind of in a really bad mood, I take a nap. I really, I just really, I like to just take a nap whether it's two hours, three hours or whatever, but that recharges my batteries and I kind of wake up with another mindset. Not to say that the problem went away, but I think how I address the problem or how I look at it is a little bit differently. And then, you know, for me, and again, to no matter who's watching or listening, I think whether you have some type of form of relationship with a higher power, uh, whether it is prayer or meditation or whatever the case could be, I just believe in hopefulness. I'm just a hopeful person and knowing that tomorrow will be a better day. And, you know, you got to go through some testimony sometime to kind of, to have a testimony, you got to go through a test. So I, I strongly believe in just kind of keeping the faith. And I think doing that, it lets you keep a healthy lifestyle and you don't walk around. You don't have to walk around looking how you feel, if that makes sense. I've had days where I just, I, I'm just not feeling it. And when I have those days, I say, but you know what? I'm going to get dressed up. I'm going to put on my Sunday's best because I don't have to look how I feel. And that helps. That helps. That helps me a lot. So again, just taking the tools out of your toolbox to use when you have these moments so you can help overcome them. Now, I really wish I could take a nap and come back and feel better but this, you can apply the same principle to just stepping away from the problem. I think yeah. that is the, the underlying principle here is sometimes you just have to acknowledge that this is beyond your control for an immediate remedy or solution mm -hmm. and to just table it. Some people say table it, just table it for a little bit. And honestly, when you verbalize that, you know, this is beyond our control. Let's sit this down for a minute. You release mentally a few bags just in that just in that acceptance of your reality saying, you know what? I can't change this right now. This yeah. may be a process. Yeah. And with test comes process. Mm -hmm. Like I teach. So when I give a test, it's usually because I've gone through the lesson so that I can test them on it. Now, just because they're at the test part doesn't mean they don't have to rely on the lesson. Right. So when we're in the testing season, we have to rely on the lessons or the experience that we gained. 
like you say, one we can lean on a tool. Say, okay, you know what? All right, I, I prayed for this, or I'm believing for that, or I'm manifesting this, or I'm affirming that. Whatever, whatever your stance is, and then you say, okay, well, I can't, you know, change this right now, but I know it will change. I have hope, or I'm optimistic that things will change in my favor. Let me refer back to my notes. Let me go in my toolbox. Let me pull out this tool that helped me get through it the last time. And I might have to tweak it a little bit, but I need to use that. And you made a point that I wanted to touch on. Sometimes you do have to bookmark it or table it. I'm an analytical thinker. I'm I'm a critical thinker, but I'm I'm analytical with it. So for me, it's really important to kind of take a step back because I'm processing so much. I'm processing my computer up in this head. And even in, in debates or arguments or even fights, if you want to call it, with a, uh, a significant other, partner, husband, wife, family member, friend, I believe in sometimes like, let's just pause this. I don't, we're going to pick it back up. But right now you're so busy talking, trying to get your point across. I'm trying to get my point across. We're talking at each other and we're not listening. Let's bookmark this conversation or this debate and let's pick it back up in a couple of days or so when we both had a chance to sit back and think. And so for me, taking it back to that nap that I was referring to, that helps me process it and sometimes I may well just come back and say you know you were right disregard everything I said now I kind of see your point of view and now that I replayed it back in my head you are absolutely right same thing when I'm dealing with an issue or problem taking that nap for me I get to just put it away in a file cabinet for about two to three hours however long that nap is now when I'm first falling asleep of course that's probably all I'm thinking about but in the in the midst of my uh, daydream or my sleeping I am not I'm able to put it away and again I do wake up refreshed no difference than a recharged phone or computer that was charged Yes, you have to reach back into your toolkit. Just because you come to a point of a test doesn't mean that it's over. You have right, to lean right. back. And even right. if you haven't been through that experience before, like you say, something similar. Because yeah. there is really, we all kind of recycle some of the same scenarios. Like when you really break down the base, the root of something, then you can really see what am I really dealing with? And then you can apply. You can say, well, I've been through this before. I've been rejected for before. How did I handle it then? What was the outcome? What could I have done better? Let me apply that. Yeah, because the, the important component of that is what's the lesson. And sometimes when you're going through something, you it's tough, but you have to look in the mirror or say out loud, what is the bigger picture lesson that I'm supposed to learn from this moment? Or you know, not the kind of why am I going through this? Why is me? But what am I getting out of this? What do I hope to learn from this? Or what is the universe, God, or whoever it might be for you, what are they trying to teach me? And I think that also helps you deal with it too. At least for me, it does. What's the, what is the, the teachable moment, the teachable lesson? Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Yeah. When you're really trying to have a growth mindset, then you're looking, you're taking those reflection moments and you're really playing the thing out. You know, we're not talking about reliving the trauma, you know, experiencing all the emotions, but you do have to reflect and you have to say, hey, well, what was the original issue? How did I handle it? Was it the desired outcome? Could I have done anything differently or better? You have an argument with somebody. Did you pop off? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you not extend grace? Mm -hmm. Did you, could you have apologized? Or maybe could you have said nothing? So it's just sometimes, or sometimes you did everything you knew to do. 
did everything right and it just still didn't work out. Those are just things that build your character. They give you a little bit of uh, girth or a little muscle because you're going to also need those experiences where you did everything right and the outcome still wasn't the desired outcome. So you that will also determine your level of optimism too. (laughs) How do you deal with situations like that where you're like, you know what, I did everything I could do. You know, I I live in uh, the affirmation or just live by the notion, the motto that truly everything happens for a reason. And there have been things that I have been through in my life that sometimes I look up six months and I'm thinking, that's why that happened. Or a year later. And I think it's when I'm going through those times where it doesn't make sense to me or I'm scratching my head, I have to really say out loud, everything everything is happening for a reason. I mean, 2020 was tough for me, just as it was for so many other people. And there were things that I went through that I did not understand. I did not understand. And I'm, I'm, I just sit back and looked at everything happens for a reason. And some things really did come to light. You just sit and be patient and pay attention. It will show up. And it was, and sometimes what you think you wanted, <laughs> and you didn't get it for a reason. And that definitely happened to me a lot last year, a lot last year, a few things that I wanted. I want this so bad. I just know this is going to happen. Personally, I'm professional. You know, things didn't work out. And now I'm thinking, I feel like Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. I dodged a bullet, you know? And because sometimes what feels like rejection is actually redirection for something better. I have that in a frame in my home so so I can look at every day because I'm a visual learner. I need to see stuff. But I have that, you know, what feels like rejection is actually redirection for something better. So when doors close in your face or when you're told no or that love that you were dating and you just knew you were going to get married and have kids and Things didn't pan out. So what I'm saying, personally or professional, it seems like rejection and heartbreak at that time, but actually it's redirection for something better. And I am true testament of that. So I think, again, I don't have all the answers. I only have, you know, some years of experience of just dealing with some things and reverting back to the tools in my toolbox to kind of help me get through it. I agree. I, I love I love how you said that. I mean, it's so important. And we have we have to keep these things in mind because we can get so focused on what we had hoped to happen to the fact that we may have limited ourselves had that actually panned out. So a lot of our desired outcomes, they don't necessarily happen, but it's not always a detriment to you or a reflection of skills or being unqualified or not good enough. You know, we, we, our minds can go into a very dark, deep place if we let it continuously spin out of control and create false narratives. Right. And it's okay to uh, give yourself grace to sit in it and like, damn, you know, I really wanted that. And I'm not one, one thing, let me be clear. I don't want to tell people shake everything off and like it doesn't bother me i'm not saying that at all i think it's it you have to give yourself grace and to say wow that really sucks i was really hoping for that especially if you spent time and and energy on something and the outcome is not what you want it to be i think it is extremely important to give yourself grace but one thing that my good friend always tells me don't sit in that too long give yourself a day maybe two after that that's when you truly got to shake it off and just move on to the next thing. And I think it's important to deal with that, to process it. Again, taking it back to, I got to process it. So for me, 
I got to process what just happened. But in that process, I come out at the end thinking, but something better is to come. And I know that there's a reason why this didn't happen. And it's just, you just have to sit in it like, okay, but this is redirection. I, cause I look at um, every note is closer to get me to my goals. And, you know, I come from the world of fundraising. I had to, I, for currently for the most recent um, organization that I did fundraising for, I had to raise $1.2 million a year. And you can imagine how many no's I heard from people like, we don't have it this year. It's not in our budget or we can't buy this $10,000 table. And for me, I just went into work every day. Each no that I get is just going to help me get closer to my goal. And I think I just look at with that mindset helping me in life personally and professionally the no's that I hear it's just helping me get closer to that because I know some people they hear no they break down I get everybody not built for tough I get that but you have to kind of utilize things in your everyday life to help you overcome these challenges because they will come no one ever said that life was easy as a kid we couldn't wait to be an adult now as an adult we wish we could do it all over again and I think somewhere the universe is just saying why can't you just be happy with where you are in life I'm learning that the importance of that, of just to be happy where I am and try to just sit in and realize the lessons and the, and the beautiful things that are surrounding me. Cause another thing that I want to refer to back really quickly is what do I, what helps me kind of overcome all these obstacles or how do I rem remain optimistic? And it's just, you just sit back and look at all that you have to be thankful for. That helps me. Cause even some moments where I'm really down and hard on me, I stop and I said, Oh, wait, you have so much to be grateful for. You know, you got a car parked outside. You got a key in your hand that unlocks a door. You got health. You got family. You got friends. You got a few bucks in the bank. There are so many people worse off. And one of the things that I love about traveling, because I'm a big international traveling, I love being able to go and see other cultures and countries and see how other people live. And sometimes in my travels, I get to see we have it pretty darn good over here. And although things aren't perfect by any means, I mean, we have a lot to complain about. It makes me come home having a new appreciation for my life. Well said. Now we have come to the end of the show and I was actually going to sum it up with best practices, but I think you hit those. You hit it. That last part was best practices, y'all. So if you missed it, rewind about 30 seconds. Go back. Thank you for tuning in to the Living Your Best Life series, Optimism. This episode was sponsored by WSM at www.williamsmatthews.com. Make sure to check out my upcoming summit, Emerge Forward, happening September 25th in Houston, Texas at www.womenempoweringchange.org. I'd love to meet you. As always, please leave me a review and let me know if anything from my conversation caught your attention. Bye, y'all.